When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Para pa pa pa. Mom, mom, mommy. Editor in chief of Parents Latina, Grace Bastidas, joins us for a candid conversation about the beauty and challenges of raising multicultural and bilingual children. We've heard all about the benefits for children to master more than one language, but what's it like to incorporate various cultures in one day-to-day? Grace is here to share her personal journey as a mom of two beautiful American-Colombian-British girls. We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen. I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay, because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. So hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode. We have a great guest today. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm super excited about our guest today. And I actually like on the way for to us like record or whatever, I was listening to her podcast, which is called That New Mom Life. And I was really into it. And it was making me reflect and actually inspired my motherish moment of today. What is your motherish moment of the week? Okay, my motherish moment of the week is that I'm starting to forget dramatic pause so juan has this ridiculous app that like literally i don't think anyone uses this anymore he has to be the only person who uses it called time hop which like everybody used to use like oh yeah yeah like five years ago yeah right so (laughs) he still uses it like religiously every day so he started showing like every single day he's like look whatever and he's showing me photos from two years ago which is exactly when victoria was like brand spanking new newborn whatever and there are photos that he shows me that i no longer remember or like moments that i'm like because before you know it was a much shorter time so like it's easy to be like i remember that outfit i remember that shirt i remember that day but now he'll show me things and i'm like i don't know i don't remember and it's like it got you a little sad i'm like Yeah, so it got me a little sad, but also I'm like, maybe that's how people have another kid. I don't know. It must be that way, because if I remember everything, (laughs) I won't do it. But Um, yeah, so that's my mother's moment. I'm starting to forget what Ford was wearing like last week. 
So I'm oh, sure no. I'm gonna I'm, be, like I get like, be a big like blur soon. attachments to like this outfit that I put on. I used to remember even like exactly who gave her every single thing she wore. And I would send the person a photo that day, like the socks you gave her. He shows me. And I'm like, no idea. No idea. It's almost like we're at the one month part, like when she was one month old. Right. And at this kind of start of the photos is when I start looking real crazy. So it was the beginning <laughs> it was the beginning of the tricky time. Okay, so my motherish moment of the week is a high one. So my son turned one recently and I just feel like the last few weeks after his birthday, he's like a big boy. And now he has this new little smile where he kind of shows all his teeth at the same time, mm-hmm. which is not that cute, but at the same time, it's, it melts my heart. And he always like, I guess it's his way of making me laugh. He's like, mm, he does like this little face and he like shows all his he's teeth. He's very coqueto. Yeah, he's, he's just very coqueto. funny and he's just like, I don't know, it's just his personality. It's fun. It's, he's in a very fun yeah. stage right now. He's about to walk. So he takes like five steps and he tumbles down and he kind of laughs. But no, I'm enjoying him. But I am realizing that like he's, he's losing more of like his baby little, I mean, he's still my baby, but no, sometimes I look at him and I'm like, oh, you're so big. Like, I held him last night. I texted yeah, you, you afterwards. Mm-hmm. He, he was crying for a little bit and I kind of like, which he barely ever, ever wakes up at night. So I rushed to his so his crib and I picked him up for a little bit and I just, I mean, he fell asleep right away and I could have just put him back in his crib. <laughs> and I was like, nope, I want this Take moment. It in. I want it for me. Yes. I want it and I was just so selfish and I was like, I just want to hold you. So I held him for like 30 minutes and then I put him in his crib. I got very emotional. Yeah, it's the best. Dog. The cuddles are the best. I mean, you're speaking to someone who still crawls into her I know, but for me, it was like, he's day. sleeping. He's not really, in, like, aware of the moment right now. Yeah. But it's just for me. It was a moment just for me. Good. So that was my Mother's of the Week. So before we formally introduce our guest, we're going to go ahead and ask her to share her Mother's Moment of the Week. Hi, Grace. Welcome. Hi, ladies. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited. So my motherish Moment of the Week, I would have to say, is watching my six-year-old who's in kindergarten walk in confidently in her school. We started out remotely this year and then started doing two days a week and now she's five days and she's had a little bit of separation anxiety and you know there were tears there was I don't want to go and and now one week into our five days a week she is just walking in there doesn't even turn around I say goodbye you know give her a hug give her la bendición I don't know if you guys do that (laughs) but I've sort of adapted that during this pandemic and just watch her walk in and wait there for her to turn around and wave and she doesn't and I am totally cool with that because that just means she feels good it sets her up for a good day, so I'm always happy to see that. Hey guys, remember you can go back, listen to any past episode, and write us a review. We are Motherish, M O T H E R I S H, on Instagram, or check us out at motherishmoments.com. Okay, so let's introduce Grace. She is the founding editor of Parents Latina. Also has editorial oversight of the Spanish language brand Ser Padres. Prior to joining uh, Meredith, she served as a deputy editor of Latina Magazine. She's also written for the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, among other publications. On her free time, Grace is an ambassador for the Good Plus Foundation. And a native from New York, she lives in Brooklyn with her husband and two young daughters. So... Welcome, Grace, to Motherish Moments. I am especially excited about having you because every time we have someone who professionally consumes and understands the content, right, of what Latinx moms are dealing with and what they're looking for, 
and also be able to share her personal testimony as a mother herself. I think it's like a win-win for yeah, everyone. Yeah, it's a beautiful alignment of like stars coming together. And also like what an impressive background. Like that's the kind of thing that had I like listened to this in my, you know, late teenage years or early 20s, I would have been like I want to be like that. <laughs> I want to have that. I want that to be my bio. <laughs> so congrats for that. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It is uh, really gratifying to do something that I love and that really matches my lifestyle as a mom and a very involved mom raising multicultural children. So I always say I get to think about my kids at work and I get to think about my work at home because so much is inspired by my day-to-day. And we've heard so many times, right? We've been programmed to to kind of accept and acknowledge the fact that it's very beneficial to have children who master more than one language. But it's also kind of hard, I think, for some people and the challenges of it is how do you incorporate it on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. without being, I guess, too over the top, right? Like, are we doing, este es el vaso, this is the cup. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How does how could one do it organically, Grace, so that it kind of blends into your day-to-day effortlessly? I will say it's not easy. So when I had my daughter, my oldest daughter, eight years ago, I spoke to her in English, right? That was the language that just came easier to me. Um, my husband's from England, so I wanted him to understand, you know, if I needed something. And then fast forward and I had my tia, my aunt, as my babysitter. And Spanish and is Colombian her language. background, right? Yes, I am very Colombian. So, you know, and just to backtrack a little bit, I was raised in a Colombian bubble. You know, first generation immigrant. You go to school, you see kids from other ethnicities and you go home and we're eating the Colombian food. We're listening to the music. That's where where we travel on our holiday vacations. Anyway, so I quote unquote hired my aunt to be the babysitter. So I started speaking in Spanish and I realized that I'm used to speaking to an older generation in Spanish because I spoke to my parents, I spoke to my grandparents. I did not speak to a little baby. So when I would call my my tiny baby, mi amor, mi amorcita, I was like, oh, who are you? <laughs> who are you pretending to be? <laughs> So it just took consistency. So I kept at it. Like I said, it takes a lot of work, especially when kids start to get a little bigger and they're saying like, what is that? And what do you call that? And, you know, they ask a million questions. And I just remember there were times where they're like, what's that animal? And I'm like, oh gosh, raccoon. How does one say raccoon in Spanish? (laughs) This is vocabulary that I never learned. So I had to kind of educate myself and constantly look up words I wasn't saying as a kid. I wasn't saying to, you know, the elder generation. And then there was a hurdle that my husband does not know Spanish. I mean, he's sort of I always joke around that it's like he's living in like a Latin American country for the last eight years. He's been immersed in this because I do not break from this, you know, Spanish speaking rule as hard as it gets or I've just kept on it for eight years. Okay, and so eventually you did the do the pivot, switch yeah. into the Spanish language. I did the switch to be able to communicate with my aunt who came during my, I was lucky enough to have maternity leave and she came during that time. So I felt like I need her to understand. So we sort of got into a rhythm with the Spanish and then just thinking about myself and I had already embarked on this job. I had just, I actually was three months pregnant when I was hired to be the editor of Parents Latina. So I was sort of molding what was important to me. And as I looked at my own upbringing, living in this Colombian bubble, immersed in the culture, 
I thought, my kids are not going to have the same thing. And as we move forward in generation from generation to mm -hmm. generation, I can see that culture slipping by. And for me, it just shapes so much of who I am as a person to be able to interact with different cultures, to appreciate diversity, that I just wanted the same thing for my children, especially having three cultures, right? The Colombian culture, the American culture, and the English culture. I wanted them to be able to embrace all of them. And I knew English was going to come. I wasn't worried that, oh, if I speak Spanish to them, they're not going to understand English. It's In fact, they were speaking the Queen's English. They were saying tomato instead of tomato. <laughs> it's important you mentioned culture because I think more than just the language is kind of incorporating the culture and traditions and the colors of different traditions. I think maybe that's probably a bigger challenge sometimes. Yeah, I struggle with this, not struggle, but it's almost like a, a juggling act, right? So I have, my parents were both born in Peru, but my dad has a very heavy influence from his dad, from my paternal grandfather, who was Cuban. So for example, although we're Peruvian, our Christmas, you know, Nochebuena 24th dinner is all Cuban. We're talking about like black beans, rice, lechon, like in La Caja China, it's very Cuban. And then on my mom's side, she's Peruvian and then there's like an Italian kind of influence there from her side of the family. But then my husband is very, very proud <laughs> Argentinian, right? And so like, then there's Victoria, which is like, poor girl, like literally she's like, I'm like, oh, mommy, quieres un postrecito, te doy fresas. And then there comes Juan eh, and he's like, uh, what does he call him? Freaking frutilla. Frutilla. <laughs> and she's looking at us like, can you guys just settle on what the hell you want to call this? <laughs> But my nanny's from Argentina. She's been our nanny for a while. And, you know, I forgot to incorporate her culture because my daughters do say yes. campera instead of chaqueta. You know, they say words where I'm like, they only say that in Argentina. <laughs> yes. Well, our nanny is from Honduras. And so Victoria, huge fan of tortillas, pupusas. Like, this is what she wants for dinner the majority of the time. So it's honestly, I like, it brings me so much joy, if I have to be completely honest, like, to bring all of these different things together. I do feel that at some point, it might be challenging in terms of when she's trying to figure out her identity, because I struggle with that. Like, I still struggle with that. And that's one of the things that when I met my husband, I was like, God, you're so lucky. Like, you know what you are. Culturally, like, you have... It's super clear, but for me, it was always like, I don't know, like I could listen to everything from like uh, the Eagles to then like Wino Peruano to then. But I like, think it's just maybe all over the place. I think maybe what Grace is doing at her household, which is kind of just like accept everything and not just kind of be defined by one specific yeah, culture. It's the right, I think maybe our right. children and the future generations, you know, they're growing up with yeah. all this multicultural exposure and I think it's only going to be beneficial to them so that they don't feel like they have to choose like sure. okay am I Peruvian I mean where's my llama where's my thing where's my ceviche <laughs> like we don't have to and I, when I say that it's becoming harder too I think even for myself I mean I'm Peruvian and uh, Ford I guess is first generation American actually mm -hmm. yeah me gringo <laughs> I know so I think it's getting harder in the sense of for example like when I try to find myself connecting to my culture like I want him to feel pride and be proud to be Peruvian but I sometimes have a hard time okay like I don't really cook that well so do I need to go find Peruvian you know what I mean like, yeah, yeah. I, I wish Just I had like my mom's house we got I know you. I need to I you. wish I had like you know maybe like your tia like Grace that you had your aunt around to have kind of like that presence that was symbolic a concentration 
concentrated of the Colombian like, culture. Yeah. yeah, like I wish I had someone in my household who was more yeah. not Peruvian, but I'm saying that that was maybe more of a reminder that would help him yeah, feel yeah, more yeah. connected. That's where I struggle I, a little bit. But I think we have to relax, right? If we're raising kids in the United States, they're going to just be a big old mix of different cultures and you know the idea of identity is shifting even as we speak so they probably can identify in 15 different ways when they're bigger for sure you know as they grow up i too had that kind of like am i colombian i actually would say i was colombian and i remember being at my first job i was like 20 something and this editor said to me when did you come here from colombia and i thought what I'm from Queens, New York. <laughs> it was like a real moment for me because I always thought I'm Colombian and that Colombian pride. And to this day, I am very proud of my heritage. But I also know that, you know, like you, Pamela, I don't really cook Colombian food. I The only thing I cook comes out of a cookbook that I could follow the recipe. And when I call my tia to say like, hey, how do you make this? And she says a little of that and a little of this. I'm like, forget it. You how know? do your daughters identify themselves? Like, Where do you see them kind mm-hmm. of? Um, they haven't really grasped onto what that is. My little one is very close to her dad. So she's six. And she talks about England all the time. Mm-hmm. The last time she was there, I think she was like two. So I don't know what stories she's telling about <laughs> England. But the teachers always say, oh, yes, uh, you know, Stella always talks about England. I think the traveling so they, is important, though. Now that you mentioned when she travels, oh, yes. I think and once they, we start traveling to get them to visit our, you know, Peru and to visit like the other countries, I think it's, it's a big connection for them. For sure. They went to, I took them to Colombia two years ago, pre-pandemic, thankfully. And they were able to slot right in. Yeah, they speak some Spanglish because it happens. You know, they don't, if they don't remember a word, they just keep going and they toss in some English. But everybody was like, wow, your kids, they can speak. And he doesn't speak any Spanish. That was really mind boggling for anybody who encountered us as a family. Like, how does he communicate with the rest (laughs) of you? I'm like, that is the secret to our success. (laughs) What advice do you have, Grace, for your spouses who don't speak Spanish or, you know, or different culture, like what's the best way to support each other? I think you kind of just let everybody do the language that they want to speak. When we come together at the dinner table, we have a cohesive conversation. And at this point, my husband does understand and, you know, and thinking about things in context, he can chime in and the girls love to translate for him. Like they just like think it's hilarious. But we were able to sit down, have a meal and have a full conversation. And it's just really about the other appreciating and respecting that culture and really acknowledging the importance of passing it on. For me, English culture is really important. I can't wait to get back to England and have the girls experience that way of life because I think, you know, in essence, they're going to be more empathetic people, be curious about the world, be curious about different cultures And all of this will just help. That's why initially when my nanny would speak to them with words that, you know, frutilla and campera and and pileta, and I I don't even know what those words mean anymore. (laughs) I would be like, es fresa, es chaqueta. And then I was like, you know what? (sighs) Whatever, you know, there are going to be a huge mix of cultures. And they go and they're actually in school doing 50% in Spanish. And the school also has a French program. And they're like, when are we going to learn some French around here? (laughs) They're already curious. And that was something that I had as a kid growing up in New York and just being exposed to all these different cultures. And, you know, I always talk about grade school for me was 
It was like the United Nations because it was all a bunch of first generation kids dressed in their native garb. And they would bring their native foods to lunch. It wasn't like just pizza and sandwiches. It was like they were having whatever their their moms or dads cooked. I'm being generous with the dads here. Very kind of you. And it was just normal. So first time I ever left New York, I was like, whoa, culture shock. I've been sheltered my whole life. The world does not look like this. The United States does not look as diverse as this. It's true. And we should take a moment to kind of feel grateful also and blessed to be growing up in Miami, which is also a very multicultural, very colorful, diverse city. And I think sometimes we lose perspective of how tough it could be in other places in the United States. Yep. Yep. I have a fun anecdote that has just started happening in the last like week or so. So my daughter goes to the park to play. She has a group of little friends of her age or a little bit older. And one of the girls, her name is Alice. She only speaks English, but her and Alice are like BFFs. They're like inseparable. I don't know how they communicate. I have watched like Alice speaks in English and Victoria responds in Spanish. But now, the other day, you know, we speak Spanish to Victoria, only Spanish as much as possible, yet we speak English with each other, so I don't know how that's all kind of working out. But I go, Mami, vas a ir al parque a ver a tu amiga Alice? And she goes, Mama, Alice, no, Alice. And I was like, I'm sorry. Okay, I will go back to the rock where I should live under. Like, But it's true what Grace mentioned. I think once they start school, they pick up English so yeah, fast. That yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, like, if she hears us speaking English, she'll chime in and she'll be like, <laughs> But she says it with such, like, confidence that she's like, turn. And I'm like, you're not saying anything, but okay. That was me when I got to this country, like, making up words all the time. <laughs> when something happens to your car... You might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Lo mejor, lo más impactante está por venir en Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. You know, it's really interesting what you said about you and your husband, both the Spanish speakers speaking to each other in English. And I think you've hit upon something because it's so difficult to code switch once we've established a language yes. with somebody. Yes. So, you know, that's why I can't even speak in English to my kids, because at this point, even though they're like, the jig is up, we know you speak English, <laughs> we're but on to you. <laughs> we're on to you. But because initially I would say like, yeah, no entiendo, no entiendo. And yeah. they're like, uh, yes, entiendes, entiendes. <laughs> but I can't stop it because I've already established this as the mm -hmm. language that we speak. And I see it with my eight-year-old where, you know, she's getting bigger and she has thoughts and emotions. 
And I don't really want that to be a barrier between us. If she doesn't know the words in Spanish, sometimes I'm like, say it in English. Say it. She's frozen. Like she can't do it with me either. So that's just really interesting. So I'm trying to see how we can better our communication because I do know that as girls get older, right. you know, you, you want to have that. in English and have a better vocabulary. Well, well you want to have this, oh, yeah, they have big feelings and you want to have this open communication with your kids that isn't stifled by language. And I know that my eight-year-old may not know how to say certain things, so I'm just trying to see how we establish our communication in a way that makes her feel like she can talk to me about anything, which I think is even more important than language. So, you know, I've gone this far and yet I'm like, oh boy, I don't want this to stand in our know, way. But it's so crazy. It's-, it's hard to reprogram their brain because what you mentioned, I guys only spoken to my mom, obviously in Spanish my entire life. My sister who was born in the States, she's 10 years younger, also grew up just speaking Spanish. So we never even realized my mom actually spoke some English, right? Because we were never exposed to it. And so one time we heard her argue with like, I think someone from like the electric bill in English. And I remember the phase, my sister's phase, like the moment we realized, oh my God. Like, oh my God. Yes, because we were so programmed to just only speak Spanish to her. And she obviously only spoke Spanish to us that we never really imagined her speaking English. It was like such a bizarre moment for us. And now with Ford, So Ford's dad doesn't speak Spanish, but I think at the beginning he was trying to. And one time I caught him reading to him like, el gato quiere leche. And I was like, okay, no, no, bad Spanish. It's like not an option. Like we're good. Right. So then I read into it and it was like kind of like what you guys are doing is like one parent, one language. So he'll do English only and I'll do Spanish only. And I I guess the baby will eventually, his brain will pick up that this is the parent who I speak Spanish with and this is the parent that I speak English with. But he was also concerned. He's like, I want him, I want to be able to communicate with him and kind of share moments with him. Um, and since everyone else speaks in Spanish to him, like, I don't want to be left out. But right. I was going to say that's just super interesting. That's one of my biggest takeaways is how we acquire language, because I grew up speaking both English and Spanish. I don't remember ever like, okay, now I'm learning Spanish or, right. you so know, natural. So, so to see kids and that you're doing all this work and you're like, is this even going through? You know, this is a baby. They don't understand me. But then just to see how they instinctively know who speaks what language and when they have to like make that switch is really mind-boggling. When I was um, little and I was just learning to talk and everything, my parents only spoke Spanish. So they had just gotten here from Peru. And then when I was four, I started going to school or daycare or whatever. And that's where I learned English. And my mom says that I came back from school, like, let's say, two, three weeks, four weeks into it. I came back and I said, Mommy, yo soy americana. And she was like, oh, really? And I go, Mommy, look, I have yellow hairs. I have some, because I had random, like, you know, from the sun, whatever, slightly blonde within all the brown. I was like, Mommy, look, 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 I soy americana. I speak English. And she goes, en esta casa se habla español. Y si quieres algo, tienes que pedir en español. And I'm like, okay, um, Mommy, I'm hungry. I want this. She goes, no entiendo, no entiendo. Meanwhile, my dad was desperate to learn English, so he would literally... He's going to kill me if he hears this. My mom makes him hear the podcast sometimes, so he might hear this. But he used to study the dictionary in the bathroom and then come out and try to practice English with me. And she would be like, what are you doing? You're ruining this. <laughs> but somehow it all kind of worked out. and like we all. But you have a beautiful Spanish, so let's give your mom credit for thank that. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, that's all my mom because my mom was super strict with it until, like you said, then we realized, I'm like, I know you understand me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, super interesting topic. And I think, you know, there's so much to kind of say about it. And I think my takeaway from our conversation is how we need to relax and embrace all the cultures. And I just in listening to you, I have like a new perspective where I'm like, you know what? How amazing that Victoria is going to know casaca, chaqueta, and <laughs> jacket, whatever, Miriam, like, and jacket, and whatever our nanny also says. Like, because then one day if she happens to do, you know, business in Latin America, she'll be like, I understand all of you. And it'll be so great. Even if she doesn't do that, that's fine too. <laughs> a long, long time ago, pre-children, I took a sabbatical from, from my first job. In my 20s, I needed a sabbatical <laughs> just to travel around Latin America. And I did this by myself, even oh, though I was so like, I, I was really nervous. And my mom said, you don't have to go anywhere. And I was like, oh, I told people I would, so I'm, I'm going to do this. <laughs> but I traveled through like Chile, Argentina, all these countries, Uruguay. And I was able to slot myself in all these countries, speak to people, feel like I can actually be comfortable on my own. This was the first time I was traveling solo, but because I knew the language and because I knew different ways of saying things, living in New York, you kind of learn to communicate with different people. I just felt like, wow, I'm able to go. Somebody invited me to a house party. I'm going to a house party in Chile, you know. The advantages are so many of really of being bilingual, of grasping all these different cultures and just being able to like be a citizen of the world. And I think that's what we want for our kids, especially in this day and age. You know, we 100%. want them to appreciate the diversity and, and to appreciate every part of who they are. You know, going back to identity, they may think today, I'm feeling Peruvian today. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, like it shifts. You could feel more Peruvian. Maybe they just came back from Lima. I don't know. Or they can feel more American or from Argentina. It shifts all the time and it's malleable. And that's the beauty of being multicultural. The ultimate test would be what jersey they put on during the World Cup. <laughs> that is, that will be that's the broken up families. All. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was a game where Argentina played Peru recently, not in the World Cup, clearly. But literally, we had two different jerseys and we switched Victoria's halfway through. So. She's got to represent. I hear you 100% <laughs> on that. Because Colombia versus England. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a good one, too. It's Colombia. <laughs> That's what my husband will be like, but you weren't even born in Colombia. I don't care. I'm <laughs> my blood. It's in my blood. <laughs> yeah. It's just been fun. Um, I think the most important message here, the takeaway is that, you know, even beyond language, I think it's a culture, right? And kind of exposing our children. And I think that's the, the best thing we could do for them. Just show them about different culture, not just our very own, you know, yeah. just other people's culture too. And just kind of expose them as much as we can in the most creative ways that we can in the most organic two ways that we can. So we're not forcing it onto them. Right. So thank you, Grace. It was so great to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Great. Anytime, ladies. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <ríe> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawái es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Black Hawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. 
Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy. Y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Para, pa, pa, pa. 